All right, again, thank you for being here this evening. And uh, this will be the evening message. It looks like we're running ahead of schedule, so we might be done early tonight. And all God's people said, oh, come on. That was not the time to say amen. That was a trick, and you walked right into it. That is awful. All right, Colossians 3 in your Bible. We've been going through Revelation, but I thought tonight it might be nice just to say a word from the Scripture about music, about music. So Colossians chapter 3, if you happen to have your Bibles, if not, and you're on your app, we're in the King James Version, Colossians 3, verse number 16, verses 16 and 17. Colossians 3, verses 16 and 17, the Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would please bless our remaining time here together, and you'd help me as we look at what the Bible has to say about music just a little bit and get us thinking about the power of music and the influence of the right kind of music in our lives. Lord, thank you so much for all of the work that was just represented in what we heard. And these young people did it all for you. They did it for you, to serve you, and I echo, Lord, what Brother Sam said a moment ago, I pray that they would continue to play for Jesus their whole lives, and they would serve you by serving in their local church, and it makes such a difference, Lord. We have great musicians here, but I know not every church everywhere has such a blessing, Lord. It makes such a big difference here, Lord. I pray that the people that just played tonight would go on their whole lives serving you with their talent. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the Bible, there are over 1,100 verses that have to do with music. There are 750 that have to do with singing. Now, would you say that music is pretty important to God? We've been in Revelation in our regular Revelation, or it was Sunday night uh, Bible study, and we looked at how surrounding the throne of God at all times, there are angels, they are singing Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. They sing all of the time. There's no time in heaven. But 24-7, they are constantly singing to God. God loves to hear singing. He loves it. Now, I love it too, but I don't think I love it as much as God does. And here in Colossians, we see that the church, born-again people, and if you are uh, a born-again believer, it means at some point in your life, you trusted Christ for salvation. You realize that you're a sinner like everybody is and that sin deserved a penalty and according to the Bible, it's in a literal place called hell. But Jesus loved you. God loved you, sent his son Jesus Christ to die for your sins and he was buried, rose again, paid for your sins and all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ and you did that by faith. I did that when I was five years old, I believe. Uh, my wife did that when she was a little older. There she is. Hi, would you wait, wave your hand in case somebody doesn't know who you are? There she is. And there's Noelle in her lap. Uh, and she did that when she was a little bit older, maybe, in life. And, uh, and wh whatever age that was for you, if you are a born-again, by the way, if that's not you, you can be saved tonight, okay? Don't leave here without, hey, can I get an amen there? See, that's the right place to say amen, y'all. Come on, I'm gonna preach short. You're about to have revival. And I say, you should get saved. And you're like, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But hey, tonight you can get saved. But if you're saved, if you're saved, we find here in the scriptures what kind of music we should be into. What kind of music 
God likes. Let's look at a few here. Verse number 16 again, let the word of Christ, let means to allow, the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And I find it so interesting that the word of Christ, that's the word of God, okay, the Bible, if you have it in your lap, it's that book in your lap. Let it dwell in you, and when it dwells, like abides in you, this is what will happen. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, what are those? Psalms is if you take your Bible and you open it right about to the middle, it'll usually fall open about to psalms. It's scripture set to music, so that's easy. Uh, What else does it say? Psalms and hymns. Hymns are songs about God and praise to God. We have uh, in, our, in our chairs, I almost said pews, they're not pews anymore, but in our chairs there, uh, we have a hymn book. It's just songs about God to God. And then the last one, it says spiritual songs. Spiritual songs are like testimony songs. Now those are, are, are pretty popular. This is what happened to me. Uh, oh yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the king. That's one of our favorite ones around here. His royal blood now flows in my veins and I who was poor and wretched, I now can sing praise God, praise God, I'm a child of the king. That's a spiritual song. And it says you should have uh, admonishing, teaching one another psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So God doesn't only care what we sing, but he cares how we sing it. I've heard uh, some, some good words put to some pretty rough worldly sounding music. I've heard some good words with some good sounding music, but the way it was sung was dead as a doornail and it wasn't helping anybody. It was real showboaty, not, not like tonight at all, but just, yay, you're a good singer, you know, and whatever style, that could be any style. But when we sing as believers, grace in our hearts to the Lord, it should be overflowing. Hey, we're a born again child of God. We're on our way to heaven. God is everything. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then in verse 17, whatsoever, now class, what does whatsoever mean? Like whatever, right? It's really, it's a simple one. In the Greek, it means whatever, okay? Whatsoever ye do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Now, if you turn on your radio tonight, you just start hitting seek. And if you still listen to the radio or if you have Apple Music or Spotify or something and you have your radio station, or you go to your library, whatever, or I did this today, and this is scary. Don't do this, uh, unsupervised kids. But you just go to the, the most popular songs of the day. Whoa, I was going to give an illustration tonight about how popular music is not good music. You just start reading the, the titles of like the top 40 today. Uh, it's rough stuff, man. I mean, more than half have a little E next to the track. means explicit. Like there is big, bad profanity in that song. Listen, I'll clear it up for you. If there's a little E by the song, that's a bad song, okay? Don't listen to that song. That's easy. There's no spiritual discernment involved, okay? There's expletives in that song. You don't listen to that song. But if, well, the point is, if you go out there and you just try to listen to music, you're going you're gonna to find some stuff that's not great. And it can be confusing because in the Bible it says you ought to listen to music. God loves to hear music. But did you know that there is good music and there's bad music? There is. Now, in the Bible, you don't hear too much about the bad music. You're just encouraged to sing the good music. But there's a couple of times, well, there's one in uh, Daniel when Nebuchadnezzar wanted everybody to bow down to the statue of him. Do you remember what the cue was for everybody to bow down? It was music and listed all of the instruments there. Now, I don't know if that music, if you were just to hear that track, you could identify that's bad music, but the music was used to, to cue idol worship. 
Another time this morning, we were in Exodus 17, if you go to Mountain View, a little bit later on, I didn't mention it this morning, but remember I said how Moses really trusted Aaron and her? Well, that trust might've been misplaced because when he did put them in charge, that's when they built the golden calf. <laughs> and, and he comes down and Aaron was like, hey, they gave me, I, I took all this golden jewelry, I threw it in the furnace and this golden calf came out and now we're all worshiping it. <laughs> and so anyways, he left them in charge. But in Exodus 32, when Moses heard afar off, when he was on his way back from the mountain, getting the 10 commandments and all that, he he heard afar off this clamor, this loud noise. And Joshua, the man who had been put in charge of the military forming that, he said, Moses, there's war in the camp. We've been gone 40 days. There's war in the camp. Let's get over. But Moses had a spiritually discerning ear and he didn't see, but he could hear afar off. He said, it's not the voice of them that shout for battle. It's not for mastery. It's the voice of them that sing, do I hear? What had happened was they had, they had eaten, drank, and they had taken their clothes off, literally, and they had gotten up and were dancing and they were singing to this calf. Well, I don't know what that sounded like, but it wasn't good music, okay? That was bad music too. And so bad music probably in every age has sounded a little bit different, but what do you need to discern what's the right kind of music, what's the wrong kind of music? Well, I'll tell you here in a second, but can I tell you here tonight, it's very important. Music is so powerful. I think I was reading Samuel Johnson at one point. I didn't look up the quote before tonight, but he said, music is unbelievable because it can stir men to tears. And in the next bar, it can stir, like the bar of music, it can stir men to battle. You try watching a movie tonight when you go home on mute and see if it's the same at all, okay? You try watching an Avengers superhero movie on mute and just read the subtitles. It's kind of like just whatever, a scary movie without the scary, it's really not a big deal. You know, a sad movie without the uh, Nicholas Sparks movie, it's not that sad anymore, right? It's the music, and music to a degree can control you. You need to be very careful about what you allow to control you. I ran across a study, and for every one of these statements, I have the citation in my Bible, and I'll put it right here if anybody wants to see it. But uh, Andrew Pudewa, a founder, the founder and director of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, researched the effects different kinds of music has. Now, this isn't a, a Christian or secular as far as I can tell from studying it, but this is what he says. This, this was the uh, results of all the studies. First, college students temporarily improved spatial temporal IQ scores by eight to 10 points after listening to Mozart when compared with relaxation music and no music. Next, preschool children given six months of keyboard instruction, like Ms. Rita does, increased spatial temporal IQ scores by an average of 46% over other supplemental instructions, such as playing outside or whatever. Human attitudes change with music. Hostility, fatigue, sadness, and tension decrease with classical and designer music. I don't know what designer music is, but it's probably similar to classical music, but dramatically increase with what is described here as grunge rock. Plants exposed to classical music flourished while those exposed to rock and heavily percussive music were less healthy and turned away from the source of sound, many finally dying. Mice exposed to Strauss waltzes showed increased in orderly neuron development while those exposed to disharmonic, non-synchronized drum beats showed erratic and pathological growth of neurons. It means they were unhealthy. You see what I'm saying? Less people are less intelligent and animals become less healthy. Rats exposed to Mozart music from before birth to 60 days old were able to learn mazes over twice as fast as those with no music, whereas rats exposed to repetitive minimalist music like 
elevator music, nonsense, maddening music, okay? Exposed to that music, we're unable to navigate mazes at all. Mice exposed for three weeks to Mozart were able to run mazes significantly faster than mice with no music, and mice exposed to other forms of music, 70s, 50s, 90s, and heavy metal, all performed worse than the control group. Now, it sounds like I'm trying to sell you on Mozart. I'm really not. I, I tried to listen to it in my office, and there's a lot of opera, so I wasn't able to handle that. Classical is nice, but what I am saying, what I am saying is that music scientifically affects you affects your brain, your thinking, it affects your emotions, it actually affects your health. Now, how much more does music affect you spiritually? Now, we've said this at Mountain View before, but we understand that Satan, before he fell, I believe this is Ezekiel 14 and Isaiah 28, um, those two chapters where we get this information. Uh, Satan, his name was Lucifer, and he was the anointed cherub that covereth, the Bible calls him in those two chapters. His beauty was excelling everything else that God made. The most beautiful thing that God ever made was Satan. You think about that. We picture him as the red guy with the pointy teeth and the pitchfork. He's actually, he comes, we looked this morning in 2 Corinthians, as an angel of light. And that's why he's so deceitful. You and I could notice a red guy in a pitchfork, but not somebody who is beautiful and can present something beautifully to you. But do you know what Lucifer's job was in heaven? His job was music. Within Lucifer, the pipes and tabrets were created. You and I have lungs, he had music. He had the horns, maybe some piano strings or something. He had some percussion, the tabrets, instruments in there. He is an expert at music. And ladies and gentlemen, he is an expert at hurting Christians' growth with bad music. Look, I'm not gonna tell you that some of the music out there that's bad, you shouldn't listen to, isn't catchy and pleases your flesh. Get going, man, let's go. Get like, like, oh, I like to run these Spartan races. And I used to, but I'm in more and more pain after each one now. I don't run as many anymore. Uh, I have one scheduled for a year from now, and that was already rescheduled from a month ago. So I don't know if I'll do it again. But, but we run these Spartan races, and all the time I'll come across somebody's like a big obstacle race. They'll have their, their pack on, and they'll have a Bluetooth speaker, and it'll be like, going to battle with anger music like da, 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 or it'll be like this rap music and they'll just be running and they'll just have this look on their face and it's just promoting trying to get them to go to battle let's conquer this mud hole let's get over this all that you know music really really affects you i want you to go if you have your bible to first samuel i was thinking about this story as i listened to y'all play tonight and as i was uh studying for this first samuel 16 first samuel 16 Verse number 14, and we'll read through the rest of the chapter, how music has such an impact on your spiritual life and your spiritual growth. There was a young man by the name of David. I think we've all heard of David. And uh, I appreciated hearing Sam tonight and Walker, two young men playing the piano. I remember my first piano recital. I got up there and it was um, Brighten the Corner Where You Are. You know that song, Brother Sam? Brighten the Corner. And when I got up there, I listened to the tape later. There was a video and I could not believe how fast I played that song. And the teacher just shook her head back there. My next one was Dwelling in Beulah Land, and it was supposed to be like a hymn book style where you add things and flourishes and stuff. And I had practiced that 
hours, right, Sam? I mean, hours and hours and hours. And I get up there to play, and it was the same thing. It was so fast. It blew my mind when I, I did not realize I was playing so fast. Everybody here did excellent tonight. But it was, and it was, it was unbelievable. It was such a spaz playing. But, but hey, I like to hear some men getting up there to play. Ladies, I like to hear them too. But it's so rare sometimes to hear a man like Brother Sam get up there and just shred that keyboard. Well, that's how David was. He was a manly man who played the harp. Don't ever let anybody tell you that playing music or singing is effeminate. That is not true. David was as manly as they come. He had slain his ten thousands, but Saul only his thousands. Remember everybody saying about him? He's the one that killed Goliath. Let's go. And he was a musician on a harp, which is really kind of an effeminate instrument, if I'll be honest, but not really. Not, not really, according to the Bible. Okay, a very manly instrument. Anyways, he could play the harp and everybody knew it. Why? Because he practiced like all the time. He was a shepherd boy. He'd be out there in the fields and he'd be playing the harp. And it did something to people when they heard this music. And harp, to be honest, I, I, mean, I was teasing, a harp's a beautiful instrument, but, but it is sort of just like a very simple instrument to listen to. It's not got the, you know, the cool sound of like a banjo, I like to hear that, or the piano, you can add a lot of things. If you hear a, a harp play, it's just like, bring bing, bing, bring. It's beautiful. It really is. But, it, but you know, it's not really like, wow, blow your mind. But let's see what David skillfully playing on the harp did right here in verse 14. First Samuel 16, 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. I find it interesting that these servants around King Saul just knew. There's an evil spirit from the Lord troubling you, Saul. You gotta get some good music. And we know when that good music plays, that evil spirit will depart from you. What I appreciate so much, one thing I appreciate about my wife, there's a lot of things, but one thing I appreciate about my wife is that she will all the time have good music just playing. We have uh, one of those TVs with the apps and there's the YouTube app and she'll have relaxing hymns playing and piano music or something like that. And it, it will really change the spirit of that home. Now I can't explain it. I, I cannot tell you why necessarily, but it is so true, the spiritual power of good music. I've given our church the challenge once or twice before, just for a week maybe, just for one week, only listen to music that you truly believe would please the Lord. Listen to Christian music, music that glorifies God, that, that you would feel comfortable singing in the presence of Jesus Christ, whatever that is. Now, I, 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 I hesitate sometimes saying only sing Christian music because I wouldn't say that Jingle Bells is a bad song. I wouldn't say that's wrong. I feel comfortable singing that with the Lord around. It's just a fun, silly song. Uh, but music, but most, most of the music on the radio, probably not. You know, to be honest, the things that they talk about, even just glorification of self, and, and all this stuff and, and different immoral relationships and all that. But just for a week, just for a week, just listen to music that you know would please the Lord. It will change your life, y'all. It will change your spiritual life. You'll get more out of your Bible reading. Your prayer life will be sweeter. You'll have a better countenance, a better attitude. It's powerful. And the servants knew that. It's verse 17. And Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Listen, those who play tonight, everybody look at me who play tonight. They needed somebody that could play well. If somebody had gone in there to the throne room 
and been like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, pray for me, I haven't practiced much. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That evil spirit would have abounded. Okay, I don't know, I'm just kidding. But, like, but you know what he needed? He needed somebody who played well, who took serious, like all of you did tonight, you did awesome. Somebody who could play with skill, because you understand as well as I do, when somebody sings or plays and they've practiced, like Brother Sam and Chad and, and Jeremy just mentioned and, and so many of our other, all of our other people in our choir, when they sound like they've done it before, you can relax and not be, but you can listen to the message and listen to the music and it's a blessing. It's a pleasure. And so they looked for somebody that could play well. Verse 18, then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite that is cunning and playing and a mighty valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person. That means he was handsome and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. A kid is a baby goat. And David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David, I pray thee stand before me for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Do you see that? Do you see the power of good music? I think what people typically do today is if, you know, you're going through a breakup and you're growing up and, and you're sad, you get in the car and you play sad music. I don't know why, just to make it worse or something. And, and uh, you know, you're angry, so you get in your car and you play some angry music and you just get it all out. You're making it worse. Don't do that. Whenever you feel unspiritual, like very sad or very angry or something, play some music, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I want you to go back to Colossians. This will be the last place, and I'm almost done. Hey, good job. You didn't say amen. Thank you. <laughs> Colossians 3, <laughs> verse number 17. You say, how do I know what the right kind of music is? Well, there's a lot of tests, a lot of tests. Uh, is there an E by the, by the song, explicit content? Obviously, that's an easy one. But after that, there's so much other music besides that. Well, right here, this is an easy one, an, an easy uh, um, filter to put on all your music, everything you do. Verse 17, right after he talks about music, he says, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Hey, how can I discern music? How can I have that spiritual discernment over this very, very powerful thing in our world? Very good, very bad, things that can radically affect my spiritual life. How can I discern though? I don't wanna be deceived. Can you sing that song and listen to that song in the name of the Lord Jesus? Can you thank God for that song? Now, there is a ton of music out there. If you need recommendations, I've got probably 10,000 songs in my library. I think all would please God that are good songs. There's good songs out there. I'm not saying all music is bad. I'm saying there's a lot of uh, bad available, but not all music is bad. If you can say, God, thank you for this song. This is a blessing. I would sing this if you were in the passenger seat. I would blast it out. Uh, I like to hear my music loud. Kara knows that. I'll listen to it sometimes as I'm getting ready, and she'll like say, babe, 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 trying to get my attention. I have the Bluetooth speaker going, because I love some good music, and I'll get going on that, but can can you worship? Can you enjoy that music all in the name of the Lord Jesus? About uh, three hours ago, 
uh, Brother Sam and uh, 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 Brother Don, I saw, I saw him, where is he? There he is right there. And then uh, several others were in uh, just behind Elizabeth House with Miss Simmons, who is uh, passing away. I don't know, is, is she, she's, she'll pass away anytime. Um, and uh, Mr. Simmons right there beside her, uh, this is Sheena's uh, grandma and grandpa. And uh, she didn't respond, you know, to too much. Uh, this is Sean and Sheena's 12th anniversary today. Um, she's just groaning here and there, and uh, they're just making her comfortable. And uh, it, was an, it was an honor to be called and to get to spend a few moments with them and pray. And we sang a little bit. Um, and uh, her sang Hallelujah, Thine the Glory a couple times. And, and uh, Mr. Simmons likes to sing that. It was great to hear him sing it. Uh, but, but what really, really struck me, and I left studying this to go there this afternoon, what, what was really awesome was whenever we sang Amazing Grace, we sang that once, we sang the first verse, and then there was a pause, and then Brother Sam uh, jumped in and led uh, for that last one. When we've been there forevermore, bright shining, and just about then, did you see that? She started, she can't really articulate words anymore, but uh, she started to, you could tell, try to sing along, and she recognized. And she lifted her hands. When we've been there forevermore, bright shining as the sun, she's, ah, We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we'd first begun. And she said, as clear as it could be, amen at the end, amen. Now listen, that song was powerful to her spirit. In just a few hours, in just a few minutes, we don't know, she will be face to face with the person who gave her that grace she's singing about here. That music was created to praise God. When you sing music and you play music that praises and worships God, you are fulfilling the purpose of music. Anything else is a corruption of what music is intended to be. Music is so powerful. If you were in our revival service, you go to Mountain View, our very last night of the revival, I was listening to this song this morning that Melinda Clark got up and sang, Do They See Jesus in Me? Powerful. We had just heard a 30, 40, 50 minute Bible sermon on the love of Christ and showing the love of God to people, and it stirred us, and it was convicting, and it was challenging, but when she got up, and she took that message, and just wrapped it up in a song, you know what she did? She uh, taught and admonished one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, do they see Jesus in me? And the altar was flooded, and people going to each other, hugging each other, telling that I think she had to sing it maybe five times because uh, the, the invitation kept going and going and going. Now, we're not trying to work anything up with our music, but that's the power of good music. That's the power of good music. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Brother Sam, if you can make your way to the piano. Now, maybe you've, you've never even thought about this, and that's okay. But what I'd like to challenge you tonight is this. If you have never consciously given God your music, I challenge you to do that tonight. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that right now, going forward, everything that you let pass through your ears, everything that you sing, you say, God, I surrender my music tonight. Maybe there's some young people, maybe not so young people in here tonight that would say, God, I've got a talent. I surrender my talent to you. I want to serve you with the music that I can produce with this God-given talent. As Brother Sam plays, let's stand together. Let's stand. If God's spoken to your heart tonight about your music, as the piano plays, do business with God. You can come forward. If you'd like, you can do business with God in your seat. But don't let the message pass without 
responding to God in your heart if he's spoken to you tonight. As the piano plays.